What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook from Crafted Workshop. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Crafted Podcast here on September 28th, 2017. We're a podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, and leather, electronics, and more. We put out new shows every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. We also live stream on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on our YouTube channel. If you want to find us over there, just search Crafted Podcast on YouTube. It'll come right up, and you guys can live chat with us there kind of get your questions answered that kind of thing we're also on social media at crafted podcast you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook that's another great place to ask us questions that you want answered on the show and also tag us on instagram and your listener projects we also added a patreon page we've added a 250 dollars goal for a weekend show so that would be another show every week uh, so that would be exciting extra content for you guys and we're kind of creeping up on that 250 dollars goal uh, if you want to support us there it's patreon.com slash crafted podcast and also one thing that we've had a couple questions about some people may not know we do show notes for every episode. So if you go to craftedpodcast.com, you can see links to all the stuff we talked about during the show, whether that's videos that we recommended or tools that we liked this week or whatever it may be, that's all in the show notes. So craftedpodcast.com is the place to find that. So let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James? All right, and I've also got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? Oh, how's it going? That that's that's, that's my favorite one. So the best yet. It was just like, of, of all the things that could have caught me off guard. It's yeah, the un- yeah. under enthusiastic introduction was yeah. The, the accents for the past couple of weeks have definitely been. Uh, Unexpected, but that one is even less. It's almost like Ben Ueda's intro on uh, the Modern Maker podcast. He's always just like, hi, you know, like super, super low key. So that's, oh, that's pretty cool. funny. That's awesome. Well, what's been going on? I over picking that one out. So <laughs> I guess, uh, Zach, you want to kick us off? Um, I'm still thinking. I feel like there's something really big that I was, that I wanted to talk about and I can't remember what it was. So why doesn't somebody else go first? All right. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and start this week. I, I never start. So um been working on this kind of modern bar height uh, dining table and benches that I'm building for this client. Um, really happy with the way it's kind of coming along. Uh, I think this kind of butcher block style walnut's going to look pretty cool. It, it's also allowed me to, I think, get a lot more uh, yield out of the wood because, you know, I can kind of hide the sap wood or any, you know, weird knots and things like that kind of inside the the glue up rather than having it on the face and, and kind of having to try to rip some of the stuff out. So um, I think it's meant that I've had to waste a lot less wood, which is always good. So um, coming along, got basically all the strips ripped down for the pieces and have started planing them up and gluing them up. And it's a lot of work. I mean, I spent probably a few hours in front of the planer yesterday, just getting a lot of these strips planed down. Cause I mean, I think there are probably like 300 strips total between, you know, the table and the two benches. So it's a lot of pieces and a lot of dimensioning and, you know, bringing down totally rough stock. And luckily I can just kind of skip playing this stuff because since I'm gluing it up into a butcher block kind of thing anyway, it, it, you know, if there's any slight bows or whatever, it all kind of, you know, reconciles as long as I arrange the boards right, uh, before the glue up. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going good. Uh, put out the live edge coffee table video this week and really happy with the way that one came out. That was a super quick project. Uh, my buddy Ryan has had that slab just kind of hanging out in his garage for 
probably a couple of years now, his neighbor ended up having a tree cut down and I guess, you know, maybe was planning on doing something with it. Then they never did. And so gave it to Ryan and, uh, we didn't even really know what kind of wood it was until we started cutting into it and really nice, uh, white oak slab and really cool. Had, had a pretty big crack in it. We were a little worried about that. Honestly, uh, put a huge bow tie in there, but I think between the base kind of supporting it on either side of the crack, like all the way through and also the bow tie, I think should be fine. I mean, honestly, worst thing that's going to happen is it's going to crack a little more and you know, Ryan has to add another bow tie later on or whatever. It's uh, just for his, his place. So um, yeah, happy with the way that one turned out. And yeah, those uh, bow ties are awesome. Yeah, man, I'd never done one before, and it was I, way easier than I thought it was going to be. I've never done one either. Like, I just feel like there's a stigma that they're like super difficult. I haven't had the opportunity to do dude, one. But did you? I, I, I haven't even watched with hand tools. They only take five ten minutes, dude. Yeah, it was really quick. Did you use? A, I haven't seen it yet. Did you use a router, or did you just use a hand tool? Like, did you? Yeah. Just... So I I got the bulk of it out with a you know a trim router and a quarter inch like up slash down cut spiral bit and so that cleaned it out really nice that's just perfectly Um, uh vertical right that's not yeah okay yeah and then just came back with like a one inch wide chisel and and cleaned up the the walls to the line and you know the nice thing about with the trim router is i could get so close to the walls that it was you know literally just chiseling to my line the whole way around so super um, super quick and did you i mean are the bow ties perfectly vertical or are they canted in a little bit no, they're they're mostly vertical. I mean, I definitely erred on the side of kind of chiseling, you know, away from the bow tie just so it wouldn't have any like kind of fit issues. Yeah. Um, because the glue kind of fills that space anyway. So, um, yeah, it it came together really really easily. So happy with that. That was like literally a one day build. We started at probably nine thirty that morning, um, and <laughs> ran into a ton of technical issues. Uh, had to, I ran out and got a collet extension from Woodcraft and then we ended up it like the router bit caught and the collet extension bent. And so we had to like, kind of go back to the drawing board there and cut down the, the rails of the jig. It was, uh, it was very frustrating cause it was super hot and we built it at my buddy Ryan's house in Knoxville. It was like 90 degrees, super hot incredibly dusty i mean just sweating all over the place had to wear a respirator of course like the whole day because there was just an incredible amount of dust so that sounds just like my like every day in my shop (laughs) yeah it was not it was not super fun terrible Uh, but you know i'm happy with the way it turned out so um yeah so that was uh pretty much my week zach you remember what you were needing to remember um it's all right i have enough stuff to to fill some space (laughs) Um, so yeah, I've been, uh, still working on that industrial desk or industrial shelf that I'm doing the same guy that bought that red desk that I do. So it's that I did. So it's going to have, it's actually going to have the same finish as the desk. It's going to be like that patina red, which I really like. But, um, so I did that. I bought all the wood and, uh, milled it up the other day. I have it just sitting in front of a fan in my shop, making sure that it's dry. It's pretty cool. There's this, uh, this thing I found online called the sagulator and, uh, cause this is like this, um, this, this shelf is like 70 inches wide. So it's, or 70 inches long. So it's fairly long. And I really wanted to make sure that like I wouldn't have any bowing of the shelves and books are heavy. Uh, so there's this, this thing called the sagulator online. You, you type in like the type of wood, the span, the dimensions of it, and it'll tell you like how much, 
bow and flex and stuff you're gonna have based on i've seen that actually it's a really cool yeah you can even like add if you put on like a a face like it's if it's a plywood shelf if you add like a hardwood face edge yeah it has it has everything you could that i could think of um for that and and it tells you what's acceptable and like how much the human eye will notice over how much it sounds way more confusing than it is when you get on there but um so that that was pretty neat i thought that that made my life a lot easier just because i wanted to make sure that with that span of boards and the way that i'm doing the shelf there's like kind of two pillars on each side with all thread and the the two by twelves are just going to be kind of held in place by nuts and washers there's no center section connecting the two pillars it's actually just going to be the boards that are fixed to the pillars that support everything so um I just wanted to make sure that there wouldn't be any issues. So I just have the wood drying out for that, but that's the project I'm working on right now. Um, let's see. Got fab tech coming up, which you're going to be at Johnny. So just working on designs for that. Uh, Jimmy dress is going to be there. Uh, retro weld, April Wilkerson, um, John Malecki. John Malecki. Yeah. There's going to be, it should be a lot of fun. So we're all going to go to this big convention in Chicago and build stuff on, on site so i've been getting all my designs for that i'm going to be doing a bench so uh, looking forward to that still waiting to hear um back from uh, i'm working with uh bush mills on doing like a chandelier thing for a bar same place that i did the um that irish flag for um talk to a company in london about like a tv show i don't know if anything's actually gonna materialize out of that they're just kind of in the getting ideas together phase but uh some some guy that did the uh that produced the uh whatever the god show with morgan freeman was you know what i'm talking about i can't remember the name of it but anyway um a lot of blacksmithing i've been trying to catch up on my mail still so um if anybody ordered a key fob or a t-shirt from me in the past week week and a half i'm sending those out today so i've been doing a lot of those working on some openers uh, some of you guys in the making community may be familiar with uh, Tony Rollo. Um, he's I'm, I'm commissioning him to do some touch marks and, and branding for me. So waiting on that. Um, let's see. And uh, getting into some leather work. I don't know if you guys follow my Instagram or not, but I ordered like the basic Tandy leather tooling kit and... Uh, it's, it's been nice instead of like watching TV last night, I just sat down and at the kitchen counter and just, uh, started tooling some leather and it was, uh, turned out way better than I thought. So it's, that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That looks nice, man. Thanks. Leather yeah. is super fun. I, I, I need to do more of it. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, there's so many, like, there's so many different things that you can do with leather. You think that, I mean, yeah, yeah. You ask somebody like, Oh, okay. You're a leather worker. That doesn't, that can mean like one of 20 things like that can mean that like you, you know, people can be really good at stitching and sewing. People can be really good at tooling leather, which you don't see very much anymore. People can be good at, you know, there's just so many different like aspects of what do you do with leather? So I ordered that basic kit just so that I can expose myself to a little bit of everything and decide, you know, if I have the basic skills of doing all of those things and I can, I think the ideas will come to me as far as how I can incorporate them into builds and what, what sort of items I can, I can make with them. Um, so yeah. Oh, I remembered 
I just remembered. So this Sunday, there's a guy uh, that runs, it's called Iron Dog Knife Works. He makes incredible knives, and he's uh, about an hour and 20 minutes south of me. So this Sunday, I'm going to go hang out in his shop. I'll probably just do, probably record a video. Uh, we're going to try and build a knife in a day. I'm not sure it's going to happen, uh, just because the heat treat and all of that stuff. But um, So he's, he's going to kind of show me what's up and, and the basics of uh, knife making, and, and uh, hopefully we'll get something done. I'm going to, I'm thinking it's probably going to be more of like a blog style video, but uh, that, that, that should be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. So, and also it's almost shop truck season. I haven't, uh, I know a lot of people <laughs> ask me when I'm going to put out another truck video. It's just too hot here to like do that Especially kind of work out in the driveway. And it's starting to cool down. One of my good friends, uh, Jeff Allison from Allison Design, he is a concept artist for, for uh, custom cars. Like he does like the, the uh, Chrysler Airflow. Like he designed that and some dude built it and it sold for lots and lots of money. Like So that's what he does for a living. He's incredibly talented. So I just paid him some money to do some concept art for my truck. So he's going to, he's going to redraw like the grill and I'm probably going to, I'm, I'd like to actually like forge a new grill and like, like do like blacksmith parts for my truck, like grill and, and, and tail section and kind of make it a custom job. So he's, he's going to be sketching up some designs for me for the truck. And then, uh, probably in the next month or two, I'll start getting some videos out on that. So a lot of stuff on the plate, but, uh, I feel like I've been talking a really long time. <laughs> James, what have you been working on? Well, actually, I've been having a lot of time in the shop this week, which has been kind of fun. Um, finished up the French cleat wall video and started working on the um, tool storage to go on it. So I built a, a sawtill, or I'm in the middle of building the sawtill. Hopefully, that video will be out Saturday. Um, and that's that was a, a simple project that I'm trying to keep as simple as possible. So I know a lot of people are going to be chewing me out like you don't have a drawer on that and you don't have storage on that and you don't have a bottom on that and I'm like it's a saw till it holds saws so that's all I need <laughs> but uh yeah I'm having a lot of fun with that but the cool project that I just started last night is building my own lathe nice. so I'm going to be building a lathe for under $50 um, and I'm going to be uh, following the Roy Underhill spring pole design I was going to do something a little simpler, but I wanted something that was freestanding and I could take with me from place to place. Dude, so that's going that's, to be awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having all those videos coming out. But uh, yeah. uh, the other thing is I was on uh, Modern Makers, uh, it was me, the uh, Woodworker Association podcast, uh, which is a, a Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. Um a cool podcast that they do a lot of interviews and uh, um, chatting around who is who in the the woodworking world. Yeah, Diami, uh, they yeah. do a good good show. I I listen to them quite a bit, but I'm on two of their podcasts, so yeah, nice. gotta go check them out. Nice, cool. Well, today we are going to be talking about, I guess, who inspires us as makers and, and you know, basically what we do. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about, I guess, design inspiration and stuff like that in the past, but not really like maybe who inspired us to get into what we're doing and, you know, who continues to inspire us, whether that's on the business side or the making side or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, Zach, I see you got some people written down. You want to kick us off? 
Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to kind of abstract it a little bit from just like who inspires us as makers because there's that's a that's a huge question, and uh, I mean, it's there's just there's so many choices, and I, I can't really pin it down to one person. I mean, I, I do have to give a shout out to obviously Jimmy Duresta is, is um, I'm sure some of you guys have heard of him. <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, one of the things that, that I mean, I've said it before, I don't really watch a whole lot of, uh, making videos on YouTube. It just like, I feel like I have so much going on in my head all the time that it's, it's almost difficult for me to let other people enter my brain that are making stuff. Cause it's just overwhelming for me. Um, but, uh, Jimmy Durest is one that, that I, I always, I always watch his stuff just because in every video, there's some unique way, just it's, it's more, more his approach of building things that I think is inspiring. I mean, his pieces are incredible too. I'm not trying to take away from that, but what really grabs me is just the way he thinks and the way he gets from point A to point B. It's usually not in a textbook manner at all, you know? And I think that's, that's inspiring and exciting. It's just a lot of creative thinking. Yeah. His creative thinking is his approach to problem solving, I think is, is what's the most, uh, inspiring for me. Um, but, uh, so that's like my, my token maker suggestion. Um, there, there's a guy also, this is sort of off the, the path, but, um, a guy named Richard Pernecki. And uh Dick Prinicky man, yeah, I yes. tried to write that down. He is a legend. Yeah, and like I've watched I watched I remember watching his uh he had a documentary called Alone in the Wilderness and uh I watched it years ago and like it's just always stuck with me. And it's this guy, he was like fifty years old or something, and he moves out into Twin Lakes, Alaska, which is nowhere. There's no <laughs> there's nothing there. There's no town, there's no nothing, there's a lake in and him <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. he he goes out there with literally like a pan and a backpack and like some tool like chisel tips he didn't even bring the uh he didn't the even handles. bring like the handles yeah he's like it's a lot lighter if you pack in your tools without the handles and this guy proceeds to build a cabin out there and uh uh build all of his tools and like and live there for like 30 years by himself yeah. And, and like he documents it, like the video, I mean, it's from like the s late sixties, early seventies or something like that. So, I mean, you're not, it's not like 4k video, but, um, it's just like the most relaxing hour or two that you can spend in your life is just like watching this guy's documentary. Like it's just last week. Um, I don't want to get into politics, but like it's the closest I've ever come to like, I just really wanted to delete my Facebook, like just get off of like disconnect from, uh, Facebook and Reddit. Like after seeing all the, the political Neil Stan flag stuff and everybody's opinion on this and everybody's just all the, the negativity. Like I really, I almost had like an anxiety attack. I'm just like, what? Like, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. I'm, I don't usually things don't get, through to me like I have stone skin but it was just all I saw it was the only thing I saw for like two days is everybody cursing other people and spouting their opinions and and uh I just I had enough of it and I'm like man I I can't I just want out and uh 
I, I remembered uh, Dick Pranicky's video and I'm like, I need to watch that again. And I did. And it was like, it just brought me right back down to earth. It's just, uh, yeah, it's mind blowing. I, I highly recommend it. If even, even if it doesn't sound interesting, like give it 10 minutes. I have a link because it used to be available like everywhere online and then, uh, they took it down, but I found some mirror like on some Russian <laughs> website or something. I posted it here. I'll find it. Let's let's not spread uh, illegal downloads of that. If you want to go see that, go buy it because it's worth buying. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That that is a a movie, a documentary that is totally rewatchable, and um, it's it's almost philosophical in the way that you know he totally changes his life and you know really makes you think about what you need. So yeah, just just the connectedness. I mean, he's just out there in nature, and it's beautiful, and it's quiet, and and it, it's just it's just incredible. So that was, I mean, just that, that, uh, mentality and that perseverance and just that kind of stuff has really always been really inspiring to me. And my other, my other one is Marcus Aurelius, who is like a, uh, stoic philosopher. He has a book called meditations. That's just, it's almost like Proverbs. It's just little quick snippets. It's a really easy read. You can pick it up and, and it's just like little sayings that like you'll read, two sentences and you'll be like, Oh my God, I need to put this down and think about this for like a week. It's just, just really cool stuff. So that's, I wanted to get some untraditional, non-typical making influences in my life in there. And those are, those are two good ones. So yeah, those are mine. Cool. James, what you get? Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I don't have any one particular source or any, I was trying to think through if there's any major, um, sources that I usually go to for information or inspiration. And I think I, I tend to have more of the the open mind, let it flow type things. I, I find inspiration at some of the weirdest times and locations. Uh, and just having that, that open mind of when, when it happens and when something comes across your mind, being able to capture it, I think that is often one of the more important things than knowing where to look for it is just knowing how to how to catalog it and catch it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I often, uh, uh, I think the, the places where I most often find it, I, I subscribe to 400 different YouTube, no, I think it's like 600 YouTube channels now. Um, and I, I, I don't watch them all. I don't have time to do that, but I, I like to um, pick through it. And so if there's something that pops up that's kind of out of my wheelhouse, I like to, to keep my eye on that. Um, anything that is new and exciting or different, uh, those are, those often peak ideas. Um, especially, how do you take something that's not in your wheelhouse and modify it to fit something that is? Uh, that I find is is where a lot of inspiration comes from. But some of the other places I often get it is estate sales and auctions. Um, I love looking at antique furniture, um, and not particularly at you know, standard things you'd expect from a time era of, you know, mid-century or Elizabethan or whatever, but those odd pieces that were made by a farmer um, or, you know, something that someone cobbled together out of a couple different pieces, a lot of that, those provide a fantastic um, inspiration in making uh, museums. But I think one of the places where I get the most inspiration is either in the shower or out while running. Uh, when my brain has a chance to just wander. 
uh, you know, I'm fully awake, my, my blood is flowing, and I can just dream. And I, I, th I get a lot of the crazy and fun ideas from that. Yeah. I think that, I think that's my, probably where I get most of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think those those moments are uh, are very very useful. I, I totally agree. Well, unfortunately for me, a lot of times is when I'm laying in bed, but uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not the most useful time to have it. Got up the notepad beside the bed. It's yeah. it's weird how it comes like that. I mean, like it it doesn't like trickle in slowly. I wish that like inspiration were something that were more steady. But it's I mean, I wish it were like okay, every two hours I'm going to have an idea, and then I can like. I can like think about them and write them down, but it, it seems like it's usually like an A bomb. Like you'll just, you'll be out somewhere and then all of a sudden you'll get 10 ideas at the same time. And like, you can't keep them straight. You can't write them down. It's, it's weird the way it works. It's like any store, you know, it's like there'll be nobody in the store and then all of a sudden there'll be 20 people in the store. It's just <laughs> never like, it's never consistent, which would, yep. would make it a lot easier for me to remember them and write them down and like mentally elaborate on them but it doesn't seem doesn't seem to work that way for me yeah i, I love hey google <laughs> hey google remind me of that yeah no that's I, i'm very diligent about writing stuff down or if i'm you know surfing on pinterest like making sure to repin it and not just like you know leave it because then it's impossible to find again um yeah, it's uh, it's it's that that kind of stuff. You gotta, I, it's for us, you gotta, gotta kind of keep that stuff organized because we're always, you know, on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely important. So, um, for me, who inspires me, I, I think a lot of it is more on the business side of things. Really, I think you know, as far as inspiration on how to build stuff, I mean, that's to me, that's infinite. You know what I mean? Go on yeah. Pinterest or YouTube or Instagram or just go you know, out into the world. And if you can't find inspiration, then, uh, you're not looking hard enough. You know, it's, uh, it's overwhelming the amount of inspiration. So I, I think the people who stick out to me, you know, when I think back to who, you know, kind of when I got started was really inspiring me. And I, I talked about this a little bit in some of the, the Q and a, I did my hundred thousand subscriber Q and a, um, but you know, people like, people like Bob Claggett from I like to make stuff and really the whole making it podcast crew, I don't know if I would have quit my day job as as soon if if I hadn't been listening to them as much, you know, because I think just hearing from three dudes who were doing it successfully, um, that that gave me a lot of confidence in in that. And I think, you know, same with like Mark Spagnolo, you know, seeing him be successful, you know, for in the long term, you know, be able to do this kind of thing for a living for you know more than a couple of years, you know, he's been doing it a decade now and still chugging along, so that that's pretty amazing. Um, and then people like my buddy Grant Batson, who we had on the show, you know, cause he, you know, he's not a content creator. He, he, you know, makes pipes and, and builds things with his hands for a living and, and has for many, many years. And just him being able to figure out always how to make that work and support his, you know, rather large family. He's got four kids and, um, you know, it's, uh, that that's always been super inspiring to me because it's like, okay, well, you know, you can figure it out. I think a lot of people, myself included, get so comfortable in their nine to five that, you know, quitting that and trying to do something on your own is terrifying. You know, not knowing exactly where your next paycheck is going to come from, you know, not being able to count on that, like, you know, every other week direct deposit, deposit. It's, pretty it's pretty scary. But, but, you know, realistically, 
there are a lot of ways to, to make money in this world. And, you know, if you have any real business sense, I think you can kind of figure it out and, uh, you know, make it work. So, and, you know, sometimes you got to be a little more tight on your budget and that kind of stuff. So it just, you know, it, uh, you, you can make it work, but I think inspiration for me in, in this realm, a lot of times comes on, on the business side of things. Cause you know, that's, it's, it's one of the harder things to do, I think, to do well, um, is to run the business side. So, I'm always impressed when I see guys who can do that stuff <coughs> effectively. So, yeah, cool. Well, uh, what else you guys got? Who else you got? I think that the inspiration often comes when you have the appropriate input and the time to mull it over. Um, so you're 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 constantly stuffing your brain with new ideas, new locations, um, different people, different items. And rarely for me does the inspiration ever come when I'm watching something, but when my brain has the time to think about it. I think making sure you have both of those, not only the input, but the time to think about it is is very valuable. Yep. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Well, um, well um, let's see. I'm trying to think. We I think we've got a couple questions from the live audience that we can kind of plug um first yeah live audience (laughs) we got dad rambles workshop uh he said he's thinking about getting into welding is a stick welder a good place to start or should i skip straight to mig so he says he's never welded before um so we do have a whole uh episode on getting into welding that kind of thing but um i know i think we'll kind of recap that but i would definitely go you know check that out uh if you haven't heard that um personally i think it really depends on what you're going to be making, but if it's going to be furniture or things like that, I think MIG is definitely the way to go. You know, the, the surface finish you're going to get with stick is, unless you're a very good stick welder, is going to be pretty inferior to even crappy MIG welding, you know? So what about Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I feel like, uh, I mean, especially when you're learning something new, you, you, you want it to be as, um, confidence inspiring as possible yes and and uh as easy to learn as possible and uh i feel like you you can't beat mig for that and and not only for like beginner but just for practicality like it's fast and it's it's probably the easiest to learn you can get really good looking welds um it's just it's incredibly versatile so you know it's hard to beat that for as far as getting into welding I think the only reason you would want to go to stick um, to begin with is if you don't have the money to buy, you know, MIG, gas, and all the other things that have to go with it. Um, stick can be very, very cheap, especially if you can you know, get an old Craigslist. Um, you know, you, you can get into it for almost nothing, but um, if you have the money for it, definitely MIG is the way to go. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you can start with FluxCore MIG if you can't afford the gas, you know, I think. Uh, I mean, it's better than stick to me. You, I mean, my first couple of welding projects were, were flux core because I didn't want to spend 250 bucks on the tank, you know, um, as long as you knock off the, the crud from the surface before you, you know, if you have to run another bead or whatever, then I don't know. It, once you grind it down, it still looks okay. Uh, I don't know. That's my, I've just never been a big fan of it, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. Of stick. No, no flux, so, score. flux score. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, too many bad experiences. <laughs> a 
It's funny. Um, okay, we got another one from Mike Higgins. Uh, he asked if I ever put a finish on my on my Rubeau, and I did. I put a couple coats of water locks on there. Um, what do you guys think about finishing workbenches? What did you guys finish yours? Uh, BLO and Pace Wax. Yeah, I, I probably could have guessed that. Zach, uh, same thing. Okay, I'm not a big fan of protective finishes on them because they're going to get beat up. They're going to get dinged, and I'd rather something that is kind of living. And it's one of the reasons why I like. Boiled linseed oil is it's very flexible. Um, you know, if you do scratch it up and you want to add some more, then you just wipe on another coat and you're good. Yeah. 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 I uh, I don't know. Water locks worked pretty well for me. I, I mean, I think it's one of the more forgiving, you know, kind of film finishes. I think it really kind of soaks in and seems to be kind of flexible just uh, as a one of its properties. Um, so I was pretty... Pretty happy with how that worked out, but, you know, I mean, I think anything you're going to have to reapply at some point, um, whether that's, you know, if you're flattening your bench and then obviously you need to reapply finish after that, but, um, it's none of it's going to last forever. So, uh, but yeah, I think putting paste wax on it after any finish is a good idea because it especially keeps like dried glue and stuff like that from, from sticking. And that's, uh, very, very nice to have. I wish... <laughs> Man, if I could go back and redo my Polk workbench, I would have waxed that thing the the day I got it because it's got dried glue so oh. so much. It's a it's a pain. Um, so I think wax is the key, no matter what you do, especially with a workbench, because there's there's a ton that's gonna be dripping on it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I've uh, epoxy will will come off if you have a regular waxing on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's see. All right, we got another one from make brooklyn uh what's a skill or technique that's outside of our comfort zone that some other maker or other sources inspired us to learn um so yeah i mean tool woodworking yeah all of them i mean i think <laughs> literally i didn't know how to do any of this stuff until i started you know looking at youtube and, and that kind of stuff so um I mean, most recently, probably, honestly, it was probably sharpening, James. I, I got your whole sharpening set up and, you know, actually sharpened that one-inch chisel before I went over to uh, to Knoxville. And, man, it's amazing how well a sharp chisel cuts. It's uh, kind of nice. I literally had never sharpened them, so it was like the, the, the factory edge was still on there. So that was that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, what about, what about you guys? I want to get into um, marquetry. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Some of that detail stuff is, is kind of cool. Sorry, I think Thor, the god of thunder, is above me. <laughs> the children. Yeah. Yeah, that I, would I be cool. I, I don't think that, like, I can't think of, like, any particular skill that I saw somebody do and went, okay, now I need to learn how to do that. I think just, for me, it's just the general... Like anytime I see somebody do something that I don't know how to do, it's just, it's not necessarily that I want to learn that skill, but it just gives me the confidence to learn something new. I can't, I mean, I, it sounds like a kind of a cop out answer, but it's, I think just the general spirit of, uh, learning new things is what gets transferred to me more so than like the particular, yeah, uh, skills. Yeah. So cool. Um, Evan Dunville asks, are there any skills we don't want to learn? Uh, he says he avoids anything metalworking because he doesn't enjoy it. Uh, I, I can't think of anything personally. I mean, you know, 
I, I think I've tried almost every medium that I can at this point, you know, in the last couple months I've done upholstery and leather work and concrete and, you know, obviously metal work and woodwork. So, um, I think, you know, I don't think there's anything. I mean, and, and you know, I, I think maybe one thing that I haven't thought of a good way to apply it to my work is 3d printing. Um, and that's just cause I haven't really thought of a good way to do that. So, um, I don't know. How about you, Zach? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything that I would ever not want to learn. I mean, I want to learn everything that I can, but, uh, certainly some things that are, you know, low on the priority list. Uh, I think not that it wouldn't be useful, but like three, like, um, you know, like CNC and, and, and all of that stuff. I just, I just don't think I would enjoy it. I could, I could certainly use it to make my life much easier, but I just don't think I would enjoy the process of sitting in front of the computer and programming stuff. So it's not that I don't want to learn it. I mean, I would never turn down free knowledge, but, uh, I I don't think I would enjoy, uh, that aspect of making as much as what I do now. So that's probably the, the closest thing to an answer I could come up with. Yeah. And I mean, I think, it depends how you want to uh, apply it. You know, I, th- I think for me personally, I, I wouldn't really want to use, you know, digital fab to produce the piece start to finish. But, you know, as we discussed a couple episodes ago, just, you know, kind of incorporating it into the, as part of the process rather than necessarily replacing things, you know, kind of adding to, um, and I think that's a, a cool way to incorporate it. So, as to things I don't want to learn, um, I think it would probably have to be deep sea underwater welding. That was not high on my list. <laughs> yeah, no. Did you listen to I that? Think other than that, interview I'm on Modern to take Maker on anything at least once. Did you listen? What's that? Did you listen to that interview on the Modern Maker podcast with the the deep sea welder? I don't think I have. Oh man, it was <clears throat> really interesting. I mean, that sounds like a that is a nightmare job to me. I am like super claustrophobic and I don't even think I could regularly scuba dive, but man, being like inside a giant hull of a ship, like underwater welding, that sounds absolutely terrifying to me. Like, because most of the time they don't have a tank. They, they're running a, a, a line, a line that's generate like pulling the air from the surface. And he told one story where a guy somehow the machine wasn't running properly and it was basically pumping smoke down there and oh killed him. But I was like, Oh my God, that sounds terrifying. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, thank you. That, that does not sound, uh, <laughs> they, they make really good money. Yeah. They, oh, they do. If they live through the job. Yeah. It's like those crab fishermen, you know, it's like the, the deadliest catch of, of welding basically. Well, you know, I actually thought about doing that, but yeah, <laughs> see, you're, you're just crazy. Yeah. That's uh that's, that's funny. Cool. Well, we've got actually a couple jokes of the week. Um, nice. We should save, we should, we should put some of them in storage. I feel. Yeah, that's true. It's like feast or famine. I don't want to spend them all right we now. We could do that. Although they're both pretty dang good. So that's good. We'll save, we'll have to save the Joel the said he's got more. He's Joel said he's got more to send me. So we'll, uh, all right. So Joel from Joel, what program do woodworkers use for cooking? Ketchup. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's ketchup. <laughs> Get it. Yeah, that was pretty good. 
All right, I, I got one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend it. It's it's a pretty good one. All right, from Brian. Why can't you build a chicken coop with four doors? It would be a chicken sedan. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> cool. All right, let's uh, move into what we've been watching. Uh, James, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, Heath Knuckles. Um, oh, I know we've talked about him a couple times. Awesome. He sent you a, a block. Yeah. Um, but a while back, he made this epoxy lamp. Um, basically, it was if you imagine a block where the top half is a burl of wood and the bottom half is clear epoxy, um, and then there's a light underneath shining up through it. Uh, really cool. Um, I, it has it's it's one of those projects that's sitting in the back of my brain of one of these days I'm going to do something similar to that. Yeah, uh, it's very very cool. Once you once you do your lathe, you should totally like turn epoxy oh, yeah. on, that's, that's on, on a list. you know spring pole lathe. I, I feel like there's some irony there. Uh, that would be that'd be super cool. Zach, how about you? Um, so I've been watching a guy named Greg Houston. He's a uh, British guy, and he just does a bit of everything on his site. A lot of blacksmithing and stuff. He's just like, I mean, I don't think he's like formally trained or anything he's just like one of those guys that that just knows how to do everything just kind of a outdoors man who just has like i don't know gary huston uh yeah what yes. what did i say you said something else oh yeah gary uh gary huston i guess it's not houston tells you yeah um but uh no he's just i mean very very simple easy to watch videos and he, and he does some really cool stuff so um there's a lot of a lot of information to be gleaned from his his videos nice. um also i haven't talked about music for a while but uh, it's funny I, for a long time I, I wanted to put together like a spaghetti western rock band i actually had like a side project with a guy when i lived in portland and uh about two weeks ago, I stumbled upon a band that is exactly like what I wanted to do, and they're awesome. They're called uh, Spin Drift. So um, check them out if you're into that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. Um, so mine is, uh, I think we've, we've mentioned him on the show before, but King Post Timberworks down in New Zealand. Uh, he is awesome and just constantly puts out cool builds, you know, stuff that, I think is very unique and, you know, obviously really professional, you know, client work kind of stuff, but he put out this coffee bar thing this week that was really neat and had a bunch of, uh, kind of bent lamination on the front and, uh, you know, veneering and he used a really interesting veneer. It's like fleece backed veneer. And so it, it actually looked really easy to work with. So I actually might, uh, give that a go at some point. Cause I, I've always kind of avoided veneer cause it seems super fragile and finicky and, just looked like a pain, but, uh, you got a really nice result out of that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely check out King post Timberworks. All right. Favorite tool of the week. I want to do mine first. It is the respirator. Cause I'm pretty sure if I had not been wearing a respirator, I might be dead after that day of uh, slab flattening. Cause there was literally dust everywhere in that garage. Like even, you know, 20 feet away on the other side of some shelves, Ryan's car, when we went out to like get another, you know, thing of finish, we had to use like the wipers because there was so much dust on his windshield that it was just caked on there. So, uh, good respirator that's comfortable and that you'll actually wear. Um, that, that was kind of a, an epiphany going from those crappy little, 
you know, $2 ones you get at Home Depot or whatever to an actual like real deal 3M respirator that, you know, it, it vents your breath down so it doesn't fog up your glasses and, you know, has a little quick release so you can, you know, drop it down if you need to talk and that kind of stuff. So good respirator with both a dust cartridge and an organic vapors cartridge. Cause that for a long time, I didn't realize that, you know, the, the pink cartridges we all see in videos don't do really anything for like fumes from, uh, you know, uh, finishes and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my recommendation. How about you guys, Zach, what you got? Um, I have the, for this week, I picked the fast cap, uh, kiss drill bit system to keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Um, so awesome. I, uh, for all of my life, I did what everybody else does and has like that box of drill bits that like things don't go back once they have a burr on them. Like they don't slide back in the thing and you miss drill bits and it takes you forever to find the right size. Um, this thing is, it's like, I think it's 180 bucks and it's like the best 180 bucks I think I've ever spent. It's, um, everything's color coded on the back of the bit and it goes in like this plastic thing and it has every drill bit in like, I think it's one sixty fourths or one thirty second inch increments. So whenever you buy like the metal, uh, uh, drill bits that, uh, have like 20 in a box or something, you'll get something and it requires like uh, seven thirty seconds drill bit or something and you're kind of SOL, but it's just like buy it one time and be done with it. And you get like, you get, um, higher quantity of the smaller size drill bits. So you get like three or four of the, the smaller ones. And as you get up to the bigger ones, you, you get two. So you get a lot for your money and it's easy to keep them organized and, and stuff. So, yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that you don't know you need until you get it, and then it's like, oh man, having every bit size between you know tiny to I think up to half inch, it's it's outstanding. Yeah, I I actually got it after last time I was up there working in your shop. I saw it and I'm like, man, I absolutely need to have that thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good thing to have for sure. I want to get uh, I want to get a drill doctor or something. Oh, I've got one of those one too. Of it's days. very useful for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with like, I'm, I've learned, I learned before I bought this that like high speed steel is the way to go for drill bits. Like you can buy the fancy cobalt stuff and it, it'll, if it, it's super brittle and if it breaks, you're screwed. But with the high speed stuff, you can just always put a sharp, uh, tip on it and just, it's good as new. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, Zach or uh, James, what you got? Um, the ripping saw. Uh, the first step in making this lathe is making a 12 foot long rip through inch and a half um, board. And it is a very, very long rip, but a good saw makes it very enjoyable. <laughs> that does not sound The one I have is a, a distant from like 1810. Um, but now there's actually a, a company, Bad Axe, started making them. And uh, I'm, they are high on my list. I really want to get one of them. Uh, but they're... Have you seen the, skel bucks. the Skeletons? Yes. Those are like the most beautiful saws I've ever seen. Uh, a, a fantastic saw um, is... A, a, well, it's a fantastic thing to have. <laughs> nice. 
Cool. Well, I think that is going to do it for this week's show. So thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, Again, we are trying to hit that $250 goal on Patreon to get the weekend show going. So if you want to support the show, go check us out over there. It's patreon.com slash crafted podcast. And if you dig the show, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's a great way to help out the show for free. And I guess until next week, happy building, everybody. See ya.